In today's episode, we're bringing back one of our most popular guests who's going to help us take the fear out of risk so that you can see risk as your friend that can actually launch you toward realizing your dream. Taking the timely risk is an art form that you can learn. That's all coming up next right here on Stop Doubting Your Dream. Stay tuned. If you have a deep-rooted dream you long to pursue but feel held back by self-doubt, the possibility of failure, and the relentless demands of everyday life, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Jeff Meyer, and I know that taking the leap of faith to make your dream a reality and overcome the seeds of doubt planted by those who say it's too risky can feel overwhelming and discouraging sometimes and cause you to question whether or not your dream is worth pursuing at all. But the truth is, it doesn't have to be an either-or choice. It's possible to pursue your dream without risking your stability or security in the process. And each week on the show, I'm going to show you and give you practical action steps you need to turn your dream into a viable source of income so you can live without regret reshape your future, and create the meaningful change you want to see in the world, all without leaving your day job. So if you're someone who's ready to stop doubting your dream and start living it, let's dive in. Welcome back. This is episode number 57, and as you know, we recently updated the podcast, and as we were looking back through some old episodes, we realized that Evan Law's original episode was a hidden gem. Love talking to Evan. So we decided at the beginning of this uh, relaunch, we decided to bring him back, uh, not to just repurpose an old episode. We dove a little deeper into this art of smart risk-taking because it's so essential to helping you solve the fear of risk that keeps you from making any significant progress on your dream. Before we get to Evan, I want to go back 20 years in my story, early 2000s. I walk into this room um, in a workshop, an advanced training on the art of coaching. And I had read some things about coaching. I was, I was stuck in my leadership. I had some really difficult things I needed to overcome. And I wasn't satisfied with the way I was helping people. I became an answer guy instead of really helping people own their own solutions. So I, I signed up for this uh, coaching experience with a lady named Lynn Shaner. And in the workshop, I come to find out later that she was also uh, struggling with the fear of risk because she was in front of a whole bunch of church leaders, and that was not her audience. She worked with Fortune 500 CEOs, and so it was a little intimidating for her, which was surprising to me. But the short of the story is, at one point, she was doing a um, role-playing exercise, and she asked for a volunteer to be coached. And a bunch of people's hands went up. And then she asked for a volunteer to coach. and No one raised their hand. So I raised mine. Very hesitatingly. 
and she asked me to come up and that was a huge risk for me. I was in front of colleagues that I respected. I had never practiced coaching whatsoever. I'd only read some books on it. And she would later tell me that I was a natural, but I was shaken in my boots when I volunteered. What happened because I took that risk that day is that Lynn ultimately ended up being my coach for over 20 years. She ended up coming to our congregation and helping us establish a coaching culture. And now today, after the the loss of her dear husband to cancer, she has hired me as her coach. (laughs) And it all goes back, I think, that relationship all goes back to that day when I sheepishly raised my hand in the classroom. So I want you to think about the risk as we listen to this conversation with Evan Law, the risk that you are thinking about taking, but you are you continue to pull back. What is it that you're nudged to do to move forward, but you're hesitating? Think about that risk as you think about Evan's story. Evan said, I wrote my first novel by accident. Evan is an immigration attorney and a novel writer. After failing the bar exam three times, Evan began writing a novel that he felt encapsulated many of the fundamental legal principles that the bar aim tests people on. Evan then took the bar exam for a fourth time and found that he was far more prepared for this new attempt than the others, primarily due to his writing. Evan's ultimate success after several failures inspired him to help others avoid the feelings of stress and emotional defeat he had experienced throughout the test-taking process. He has now written and published two novels, legal thrillers, which contain over 130 principles. No wonder people fail this so often. 330 principles of law between them, core ideas that every aspiring lawyer should know. While Evan first started writing his stories as a side project, mainly aimed at helping himself, he now sees a broader purpose in these books. In fact, the books are currently being turned into movies, which Evan hopes to incorporate into a larger course for law students called Lawflex. You'll hear more about that. He has come up with a formula, study plus entertainment equals Retention. I love it. Study plus entertainment equals retention. So if you, like me, grew up in a conservative um, environment and it was imposed on you somehow that risk-taking was bad, playing it safe was good, and you were in a system that rewarded you for playing it safe, I think this episode will be a spark for you to realize that actually smart risk-taking can be your best friend. Because smart risk-taking can open pathways to discovery. They can build our capacity. They can stimulate deeper curiosity, open up doorways to new supportive friendships, and set us free to be our true selves. There's a gift in smart risk-taking. So, attorney, author, Lawflex creator, Evan Law.
Uh, Evan, it's so good to see you again. So good to talk with you again. Thank you for taking time. We're going we're gonna to check in on a couple things. We're going to check in on risk-taking and how do you know when it's time to take a risk and to jump in with both feet? How do you do that when you have other people in your life that you're accountable to? And today, we're going to also be discussing uh, what happens when there are other people in your life that want to pursue a dream and how can you encourage them to do that? We're going to talk about uh, a great story with his son, Gabe. So, Evan, welcome back. Why don't you take a moment, introduce yourself, uh, where you're joining us from today. Yeah, just uh, introduce yourself to us. Sure. Thanks so much, Jeff. It's great being with you again. Uh, so I'm coming from rural Virginia. It's actually Boston, Virginia, uh, to about two hours south of Washington, D.C. Beautiful country out here. Uh, I'm an immigration attorney, uh, and I, I have a side gig that I've been working on for a number of years called Lawflix, which helps uh, law students prepare for the bar exam. So I'm happy to be here. It was so great connecting with you out in Philadelphia, Jeff. Yeah, I, I'm sad that we haven't been able to sit face to face, but we've had a couple great conversations. And uh, th that was a formative moment for us, wasn't it? Definitely. Yeah, it really, I mean, was pivotal for me going forward, it helped me really condense in my mind what I needed to focus on and and hone with the dream and uh, and to stay with it. You know, it's it's been mm. slowly uh, progressing over the years, but we're we're getting going with it. Yeah, we could we could talk about determination and how do you keep pursuing it when it sludges along slower than we would anticipate. I think we both would uh, say our dreams have not gone as quickly as we would have liked them to. That's right. But the beauty is they're still going and they will still keep going, right? Yeah, right. That yeah. is. Thanks for that encouragement today. I yeah. really appreciate it. So a quick, just a quick recap of Evan's story. You know, it's, it's so powerful. We get so much feedback on the first, the first episode that we shot with you. You failed uh, the bar exam three times and That's your right. dream got launched Sorry to bring that up again. That's no, okay. That's part of it. Yeah. But, but your dream launched out of pain. Yeah. Out of failure, quote sure. unquote, failure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You you were trying to find a way to ensure that you would pass the bar. And what did you discover? What was the way that you were going to pass the bar? Yeah. Well, little by little, these these kind of stepping stones kind of were laid out before me. The first one was my wife came home and and she she had heard about this novel writing competition and and just said, I'm going to jump in and learn how to write a novel. And I said, well, I want to give it a shot. And pretty soon I was hooked in writing fiction. I'd taken a break from studying for the bar. And so getting back into it, I realized I can combine the two writing novels that teach the legal concepts. And so that's what I I developed. And so now we've published two novels and we're, we're actually working with a, a team that's uh, out at UCLA to make the first one into a movie. So there, there's uh, more to that story, but um, what this did is it helped me reset and also tell a story that, that helped other law students kind of reset if they had failed the bar. I haven't told anyone this, but the this the novel actually was supposed to be a nonfiction book initially. The mindset that you need to pass the bar exam, and I just couldn't do nonfiction, and so I worked it into a, a thriller. And here we are moving forward. Yeah. So go on Amazon and search for the author Evan Law, 
and you will see his two novels that he wrote, not only to help him pass the bar, which he's done, but now to help other students pass the bar. So it's a fascinating story of how you can turn your failure into a dream that continues to keep giving new opportunities. And so from writing the novels, the opportunity came up to turn the novels into films, to turn right. them into movies. And you have a purchase the domain, Lawflix, you know, think about Netflix, but think Lawflix, and you're turning that first novel into a movie. Now tell me, that uh, domain was not easily accessible. How did you That's how right. did you uh, make the decision to invest? You know, guys, sometimes when you go for a, a domain name, the easy ones to get cost you three bucks, four bucks a year or whatever. Yeah. But the ones that are really popular, uh, that takes an investment. So tell me about how you decided to make that investment. Sure. I, I was actually very shocked when I saw what the, the price tag was. And it was, you know, someone had bought this domain name and they saw it as an investment opportunity. And so when I was reaching out for the cost, this guy said, well, I just turned someone down for a $15,000 price tag. And I just thought, oh, wow, this uh, this is unbelievable. So so the cost ended up being over 20 that, that we went for. I think it was like 21 or something. And I called my wife and because I kind of had this moment of just pause, like, whoa, this is way more than I thought. And I'd have to go into a, a payment arrangement for like a year and a half. And uh, so I called her. And I said, this domain, I think, could be a really pivotal piece of my business but it's way more expensive than I thought. And, and the first thing that came to her mind was she said, well, you know, I don't really have anything to offer other than, uh, you know, when Walt Disney was looking at, at going all in, he basically said to his brother, let's mortgage the house and we're going to do this. And I said, okay, that's, that's it. That's the answer I needed. Later, when she heard the full aftermath, that was, she said, well, I never would have said that if I knew how expensive it was. Right? <laughs> so she never heard the dollar amount, huh? No, she never did. Not till, not till it was too late. And then after that, it caused uh, some friction. I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And I said, well, you were the one that helped me make the decision to get into that dream. But what it has opened up is way different than we thought, because initially we, we want to make movies. It was such a big endeavor that we really didn't know how to do it. But one of my uh, partners, uh, I have a partnership with two other people who are helping grow this. She came up with this idea for us to do these film studies where we, and, and there's this part of copyright law that you can use this for educational purposes. And we uh, pull clips from different movies and we teach the legal concepts from them. And so we kind of now have these, this, uh, kind of dual track of we're we're teaching law students through film that's already been created. And then we're also working on creating our original films. Wow. So I remember in our first episode together, we talked about how when you pursue a dream and you go, when you go for it, new doors open up. Yeah. And that was when we talked, it was just beginning the idea of Lawflix. Yeah. And now you're saying, that Lawflix has turned into basically a parallel track of studying other movies to learn legal concepts and the full-blown movies that you originally uh, wanted yeah. to turn your books into. 
Yeah, that's right. We're actually just about to start our Indiegogo campaign to really launch this dual track. And it really came about also because one of our Laughlix partners, in one of his contacts is in the UCLA film department. And that is a prestigious department. A lot of great film directors have come out of that program. So we're really excited for this opportunity. And you're right, those doors open up and it, it's it's just amazing to see it, that it's almost laid out before you better than you would have imagined. Yeah, wow. So congratulations. Tell me uh, one or two uh, lessons that you would uh, say to someone who is um, launching their dream and it's risky. It's a it's a twenty one or twenty two thousand dollar risk. Maybe it's not dollar amount risk, but they feel that the weight that you felt um, yeah. when you're launching it. How do you know that it's okay to step into that moment and go for it? Right. Well, and it's a great question because there's, and this is where, I mean, so much of um, the religious perspective comes into this when we look at um, some of the things that Christ taught, which is, you know, let your light so shine for others, as well as being able to follow the spirit, the things that, that just feel right to us. And so at the end of the day, I mean, you can go through the logical process, and you should go through that logical process of thinking through all of the ramifications of it. But at the end of the day, you go with what's that internal pull that you're feeling, the spirit guiding you towards this. However you want to phrase that, we're guided internally by these, these confirmations that this is just feels like it's the right thing to do. Um, and so when you have that moment, and the, and the moment sometimes comes through the conversations with others, that they're inspired to say something, like my wife was inspired to, to bring up Walt Disney. She said, I don't know why I brought that up, but it was just the comment that I needed her to bring up. Because look at Walt did what Walt Disney grew. He provided so many opportunities for uh, people to have great employment, but also to love the experience of of the storytelling that he brought to life. So I think it's really just taking that moment to step back and say, okay, this seems like a reckless thing to do, but if it feels right, go for it. Mm. And it's important to also understand as you're listening that Evan's got a, a very strong passion for his who, you know, the people that his, his movies and his books are going to help. It's going to help people that are trying to use law to make the world a better place, right? And you're yeah, in right. you're in immigration law too. So yeah. I mean, you're trying to give people through your work an opportunity to live in this country and be able to use their gifts to help our country be a better place as well. It really is quite fascinating how our lives are interconnected, and that you know there's. I'm sure there's someone out there studying for the bar exam already that there are people lined up ready to, to be the client that, that that attorney can help guide them through their process, whether it's, it's a criminal defense issue, an immigration issue, a business uh, structuring. There's so much good that can be done in the legal profession. Uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat that either. It is very a very stressful position. To give you a quote from... Uh, a classic Tom Hanks movie, A League of Their Own, 
there's this one scene where at the end uh, he's talking to Dottie and and she's saying she's not going to play again. And she says it's too hard. And he said it's supposed to be hard or everyone would do it. And and a lot of times I feel that way with the legal profession. It, it is a very hard profession to be in. It is very rewarding as well. But the road to get here is also very difficult. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to help people get through that uh, kind of gauntlet that you need to to make and them. to do it and to do it with some some fun right i mean yeah. to read a novel yeah. and you <laughs> utilize that i i just love your creativity so yes. what's what's cool is when you get this in your belly and you start pursuing it and these new doors of opportunity pop up something happens to us doesn't it as entrepreneurs we want other people in our lives to experience the joy and the thrill of freely pursuing their own dream, right? Right. You've recently had a moment like that in your own family, in your own yeah. household with your son, Gabe. Tell us about what happened. Um, sure. I, you had me, you talk about a movie, you had me at, right, quote, that. what movie is that from? You had me at P-51, yeah. right? The That's P-51 right. Mustang. I remember as a young man uh, making models of, airplanes my favorite plane was the corsair uh but the p51 mustang awesome tell us about oh, the story with gabe for sure so gabe wants to be a pilot he is a junior in high school uh he has his sight set on the air force academy and uh, we took a trip out to colorado springs to tour the air force academy and as part of that i wanted to give him a full uh, week of aviation type thing so we went to an air show i arranged for him to go paragliding. I'm afraid of heights. So I, I was on the ground watching. <laughs> You're on the ground. You were with him, huh? That's that's right. And in the process of this, I had, before I had taken the trip, we had watched the Top Gun movie several times. We were thrilled with what Tom Cruise had done and everyone else in that. Just an epic movie. And I started looking into it out here as to how much it would cost to, to fly in a, a P-51. And I was going to surprise Gabe with that. And then I realized, well, it was like $5,000 or something. And so I said, oh, uh, never mind. We just can't hack that. And um, in the process of us preparing for the week, I contacted my dad and just asked him, or somehow we got talking about the experience. And, and he started talking about a pilot that he knows that has a P-51 Mustang. And the price was way better. So $1,500. And I thought, what a bargain, <laughs> right? What a bargain. <laughs> yeah, if I had heard that from the beginning, I would have thought, uh, never mind, we're not doing that either. Perspective's yeah, so, an awesome thing, isn't it? Yeah, right. So it planted the thought in my mind, but we hadn't set anything up and I just, I, I didn't have the funds for it. And so we, we went out and we had a great time at the Air Force Academy, at the air show, all these things. And then that Wednesday, I called my dad and I said, what do you think if we could try to get a flight? Can you just see if this pilot's available on Saturday? Sure enough, he was. And I, I basically said, Gabe, this to me seems like a chance of a lifetime opportunity for you. You want to be a pilot. This guy could take you up in a P-51 Mustang. I don't have the funds for it. So we're going to, we basically be putting most of my paycheck toward this and then we'd come back. I'd have to talk through things with your mom and pick up the pieces. I don't know, but we just need to do this. And so he said, okay, let's, you know, 
I mean, he, you know, it wasn't any any hard decision for him. Yeah, know? right. He's like, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So we arrange it and we he just has this epic flight. I've got this video of I actually messed up the video because I was Marco Poloing my daughter as they flew right over us. <laughs> and I was so amazed, but I'm like screaming just how cool it was. And I accidentally flipped it. So I'm doing a selfie on me as he flies over us. And uh, it was it was just such a wonderful experience for him. So anyway, uh, what happened afterward, a week after we got back, ended up getting a bonus from my law firm that more than covered what I needed for this. And I just thought, oh, I'm so glad that we took this opportunity to let him live a part of his dream. Uh, we're not sure if he's going to make it into the Air Force Academy, but his dream is to be a pilot. And I know he'll pursue that. Mm. And uh, so it was it was just a cool experience that we had. So what do you think Gabe learned from that experience about pursuing a dream, about yeah. not doubting your dream? What yeah. what do you think he learned from that? You know, I, I think one thing that he learned is, is kind of this acceptance that sometimes it's okay to step outside of the, the normal parameters that you have in place in your life. And... And, and I tried to convey that to him. I mean, even, even before we came home and even before I knew I was getting the bonus, I said, Gabe, I felt at peace about that. Um, and I want you to be sure that anytime you do something like that, you feel at peace going into it. Because I also feel like you'll have different feelings if, if it's not the right thing. Kind of like a, sometimes you hear the phrase a stupor of thought or or something that just kind of holds you up that says, oh, that's just something doesn't feel right with this. Mm. But if your dreams are there and they're in a good place, meaning that it's something worthwhile to you and to others, as long as you feel the, you know, my wife read a book at one point where the phrase, the key phrase that they would say over and over again was just feel the feeling. And mm. so if you can have that moment where it just feels like the right thing to do, go for it. So what do you, how do you, how would you answer this working? I work with entrepreneurs in our dream accelerator program a lot. There always comes a point where in the pursuit, in the grind, and you've experienced this too, uh, with mm -hmm. law flicks, with your novels, where you hit a wall mm -hmm. and it's just really hard and it doesn't feel good at all. Yeah. What do you do then if you just base it purely on feelings? Yeah, you would quit. You would have quit a hundred times. I would have quit a hundred times. So, yeah. how do you juxtapose the feeling to go for it? Yeah, to take the risk and the challenge of the feelings not there. It is just hard. Yeah, we're sludging through it, but we got to keep going. Right. Well, and I think it comes to, back to that point that you made earlier, which is knowing where where the you know who is it for. Um, where that comes back into it, because we've had a few times with Loflux where I've felt like, well, maybe we should not launch our product now and wait a little bit longer. Let's polish some things. But then I've had the thought, no, these people need our content. We need to help them get through this. And, and even though the journey has taken uh, longer than I would have liked, that kind of refocusing on what the ultimate purpose is is where I think the um, the drive can can return mm. and and help you get through that grind. 
uh, with Gabe, you know, there's when he first started out with this uh, goal to get into the Air Force Academy, he he quickly realized how challenging it can be to get really good grades. And, it, you know, his Spanish class was the first difficult course that he had that he was really struggling with, with getting mm -hmm. and And there was one point where he said, I, I think I just, I, I don't think I want to be a pilot. I, you know, I don't want to, I don't need to go to the Air Force Academy. You know, it was just kind of a, a wavering moment. And I said, is, is that how you really feel? You know, and as time went on and he did more work with the Civil Air Patrol, he realized that was not the case and he just continued to work through it. And as, as he focused on, on still that ultimate dream and, and kept going through the hard times, those other times, like when we saw the F-35 take off after talking with the pilot, those are moments where she had just encouraged him to go all in. And it, it's kind of a pendulum. You have to recognize that the pendulum is going to swing over to the difficult side, but it's going to swing back. And you've just got to take the momentum as it goes both ways. But as you focus on what the purpose is that guides you through it. Yeah, we talk a lot about who and why. You keep remembering the who and you have a, a good picture a really clear picture of who you bless with your dream an avatar so to speak yeah. um and or you have real people that now you know real people that have passed the bar because of your work i mean that just fuels you and if you know your why you know your purpose behind it um that will fuel you through the walls that inevitably come up yeah well i cannot wait to hear what happens with gabe yeah me too yeah, right. And, uh, you know, you're in that space of wondering how it's going to turn out. But kudos to you uh, as a dad um, for taking the risk for investing in your son and teaching him how to dream and how to take a risk for himself. Uh, he'll be better for it. And uh, that's an amazing gift you've given to him. I feel like he gave a gift to me in a way, which was, you know, basically allowing us to see what what was was possible and and also not shying away from the fact that that we initially talked about going to just a vacation spot but we decided instead to make this a purposeful trip with with everything focused around the air force academy and we could have just gone to the academy and then come home but uh, this made it much more memorable uh, much more of a I think I had a lasting impression on both of us. Fantastic. I love it. That's the way it goes when we invest in others' dreams, right? Yeah. Yeah. It becomes a blessing for us as well. Yeah. For right. sure. That's right. Well, and I even look back on my parents and the, the sacrifices that they made so I could do things like playing soccer or or playing drums. And and I, I didn't fully appreciate the sacrifices they made until I'm in the position now to make them for my children and for others. So, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Very cool. Where can people uh, get a hold of you if they want to know more about your novels, about uh, Lawflix? Yeah, well, the best place is to go to lawflix.com. You'll find my email address there at the bottom. And you'll be able to follow along what we're doing with these these movies. We've turned this the beginnings of this screenplay into something way better than I wrote initially. So, I mean, I love the book that I wrote. It's it's still still there. I actually had a completely different ending. And then a friend of mine said, "I love your book, 
but you could you 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 like ruined it with your endings. So I reworked things and and I think sometimes the pivot can really um, the the willingness to pivot where you need to I think is also a, a positive thing. But yeah, lawflix.com, that's where we're at and. Uh, you can think of my wife every time. You yeah, go, I was going to say, go. Cringing. Hey, if you're listening, go check it out. It's the least you could do for this man who yeah. risked his his life uh, to get that domain. Oh yeah, for sure. So glad I have it, but I'm going to protect it. Not selling that to anybody, by the way. No, good, uh, good for you. Yeah, very good. So great to talk to you again, brother. Uh, oh, blessings to you and your your entire family. And I'll look forward to the next time we can uh, sit down and have a conversation about dreaming and, uh, and getting after it and taking steps and risking. Thank you so much. Sounds good. Thanks for all you do. You're really inspiring a lot of people, Jeff. We love it. Thank you. Thank you, Evan. That means a lot. Thanks so much for joining us today for another episode of Stop Doubting Your Dream. If you want to connect with Evan Law, make sure you head to the show notes so you can check out his website, order his books, enroll in his life-changing courses that light a spark to take a risk that you've been thinking about taking. If you have uh, loved this show and got something out of these uh, last episodes and you're loving, stop doubting your dream, could I ask you a simple uh, favor? If you're listening on Apple, scroll down in your app and leave a review. Just one sentence will help. It helps this show get noticed by others so that we can help others stop doubting their dreams. Thank you for that, for that review. Next week on the show, I'm going to show you how assuming you're not ready to chase your dream could be wrong by helping you identify signposts along the road that could actually present evidence that you are ready to pursue your dream. Join me back here next week. And until then, the journey towards your dream begins today. Take action with a single step.